It is wedding season. Yes. I'm sure you've seen the posts on Instagram with beautiful engagement rings. Maybe some of your own friends are wedding dress shopping. Hey, I'm wedding planning myself. And I can tell you, it is so easy to jump straight from the proposal to all the wedding planning. Yeah. (laughs) But according to family law expert, Judge Lauren Lake, There are three must-have conversations that you and your partner need to make time for before tying the knot in order to start your marriage on the right foot. So that is exactly what we want to talk about on today's episode of the podcast. But before we get started, I want to tell you how grateful I am for all the comments and reviews I've been getting on the podcast. It fills my heart with joy to know that each one of these episodes is serving you and is helping you. If you haven't done so yet and you enjoy our show, Chats with Gigi, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us your review because that's how I know that what we're doing is working for you. If there's a topic you want to learn more about, if there's a guest you want me to have on the show, hit me up on Instagram and let me know. Listen, I'm here for you and I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at Gigi Diaz Live. Now, let's get started with today's show because Lauren Lake is here and she is ready to break down these three must-have conversations before tying the knot. This is Chats with Gigi, your space for growth, inspiration, and learning, covering the topics that matter to women everywhere, empowering you in your personal and professional life. Are you ready? Here we go. Good morning. It's so good to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. And I know that you are the perfect person to jump on this topic with because it's wedding season Uh and everyone is excited about the engagement rings and the whole thing. And we jump right to the flowers and the dress. But there are so many other incredibly important things that we need to worry about. Specifically, these three topics, these three conversations that must be had right before tying the knot. So I'm excited you're here to go over those. With us. You are so correct. And I find, you know, when I talk to people about relationships, how excited they are about the wedding. And look, it's not just women now. You know, you see a lot of men, a lot of, we're all excited about the wedding, but are we really prepared for the marriage is the question. And I think that there are several things that we need to begin doing before we ever get to the place where we're setting dates and buying flowers and buying dresses and tuxedos and everything else. And more importantly, having other people invest in our marriage, buying, you know, bridesmaids dresses or, or, you know, airplane tickets. Um, I think we need to think about the you know, the components of a healthy marriage and whether we are two people that are really willing to stick it out. And if we have the compatibility necessary to make that happen. Girl, I am so glad to use that word compatibility. I can just see it now. I know we've got more than one listener out there saying I'm compatible with my fiance. That's not the kind of compatibility you're talking about, isn't Lauren? It's not the compatibility of, you know, we have fun and when we go out together and we like to dance the same kind of stuff and we like to listen to the same kind of music and we like the same temperature in the AC. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about a different kind of compatibility, right? Right. It's the mundane type of compatibility. Yes. That, what I, that does 
what I call mix the glue, you know, you know, climbing at the top of mountains together and doing adventurous things together. Those are incredible connections, mm-hmm. but that is not necessarily what it takes to make a, a marriage work day after day after day. The willingness to compromise over and over again, the willingness to forgive over and over again, a willing to realize the willingness to realize that sometimes the very thing that drives us crazy about our partner is the thing that they really mirror in us. And this is where it gets kind of deep and kind of crazy is that sometimes the very thing that drives us crazy about the other person in the relationship, their issues, the reason why it triggers us so much is because there's issues we haven't dealt with within ourselves. And so it's not just about what that other person does. I always say, you know, people love, we love so well on a superficial level. You know, I know he <laughs> likes mustard on her sandwich and I know she likes roses <laughs> on a Valentine's Day. You know, we get all that together, right? But what we don't understand is, and then what I also know about him is, when he needs to really think about something and con- consider something, he's not going to talk about it right away. Maybe he needs space. Maybe I like to argue, but he likes to say, I don't want to talk about this until I have my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, like, you know what I'm saying? There's these, these little yin and yang moments that affect everyday life. You know, maybe she decides that there's a part of her that likes to be pampered or there's a part of her that likes to be taken care of or maybe she's just very independent and doesn't like any of those things these are the things that are going to affect your day-to-day interaction and those are the things that you really need to discover and uncover about one another because you'll end up in arguments and things look even the way we handle money right that's a big yeah, one. It's all great when both of you have the money. It's great when you both have the money to go on the exciting vacations and all the exciting adventures. But what happens when you don't? And yep. what happens when one of you doesn't? Now, how are we handling everything? So it's almost kind of like, and you know, it's hard because as a lawyer, and you know, people always say, oh my gosh, come on and rain on my parade. Why don't you? <laughs> but as a lawyer, we're often called to, to think about what are the worst case scenarios? And it's, it's sad. But when we're thinking about relationships, we do have to examine what happens in the worst case scenarios, not just the best. And I would love for couples to feel more comfortable having these kinds of conversations. Because, for example, you bring up the topic of a prenup and it's like, oh, you're thinking we're going to get divorced? No, boo-boo. I love you and I want to spend my life with you. But I want to know that if something happens, if we ever encounter a worst case scenario that we're going to part from each other as peacefully as we can because we made those decisions while we still love each other, while we still had each other's best interests at heart, not when everything fell apart and now we really can't stand the other person. (laughs) You're right. And if two people don't want one, that's their business. But if one person does and the other person does not, I think we have to begin to be a little bit more educated, as you just so eloquently stated, um, that we need to think about planning for our future in more ways than one, not just the retirement package and the life insurance and the will. Okay, but what about if the future means that we are not the partners we think we want to be for one another? Then why not? explore having a prenuptial agreement already in place. And other couples, you know, you can do a postnuptial agreement. If you're already in a relationship and in a Mm -hmm. marriage and you decide 
you know what? This is not about I want to divorce you. This is about things are getting complicated. We're having children. There are, there, there are ways that, you know, our lives are, it, it is turning and the way, you know, things that we've had overcome where it's important for us to just put this down. And I love the way you said that at the, at the point where you feel like maybe this relationship is not going to last forever the way we intended, then we can part peacefully. We can know that we already made an agreement. And look, trust me, when the lawyers get into it, if there's something to challenge, they're going to challenge it anyway. Right. But just having guidelines, just having guidelines, I think there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I think more people would be able to, you know, I always say that emotional evolution comes ultimately after legal resolution, meaning hmm. you can't really let go of someone until the legalities are really resolved. Wow. How many people are still stuck in divorces going on for two and three years, still arguing about who gets the last white fork in the cabinet third mm-hmm. from the left, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you know, you're arguing about that fork, but the truth is you're still holding on. You're not fully disconnected yet. And so I do think that there is a value in, in, in you know, saying, let's talk about the ways that we could resolve this legally. Um, in a more peaceful, efficient way so we can get about the business of living our lives and appreciating and loving what we had, even if it was just for a season and not for a lifetime. And then, so prenups, definitely a conversation to be had. If not something to do, because it's not for everybody, but definitely a conversation to be had. Now, my next topic that I wanted to touch upon with you is bank accounts and the finances. To combine your bank account, to not combine your bank account, what are the pros and cons and how do we keep it healthy in a relationship when we're talking about finances? I am a big believer in have your own money. My mother raised me. You better have some of your own money. But that doesn't mean that you can't have shared money. And so what I'm a big believer in is that each person has their own bank account. And then then there is one shared bank account. And that there is a, a fully outlined financial plan where each person maybe, you know, contributes to that shared bank account mm-hmm. together. And then they have funds that they use from whether it's housing expenses, children's expenses, educational expenses, all of the things that you may outline that is a shared expense, you have that. But I do believe if you're in a relationship where there is trust and where there is love and where, the, you know, then we can't just keep thinking somebody's hiding money, but you definitely need your own. You know, I, I'm a big believer. If I want to buy you a gift, I don't need you to see it on the debit card before I give it to you. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? That, that's yeah. just not fun. You know, and more importantly, if I want to make a splurge for myself or do something or you want to do something for yourself, then you should be able to do that without necessarily always having having to confer with me. As long as the shared bank account and the shared finances are intact the way we said we wanted them to be then I think people should have a little freedom. I really do. And I think that that mentality of everything is shared and we have to keep, you know, our money is our money. I think that that also comes from an old school mentality and an old school relationship where women didn't have the financial independence that we have today. So it only made sense that if there's going to be a bank account, yeah, I better have access to my husband's money because even though I'm not working, I am the, the sole provider for my home in the sense of I take care of these kids, I buy these groceries, I do all this cooking, I do all these things that I I should have access to that. But now that old school mentality of 
women didn't have that sort of financial freedom no longer exists. We're out there and we're conquering. We're making our own money. We're paving our own paths. And I agree with you that it's only fair that we reserve the right to our income and that we decide what's good for us as a couple. So I don't know if maybe it would be fair because we don't always, you're not always going to make exactly the same as your partner, that there's a percentage, a certain percentage of, of both of your checks goes into your shared account and you live by, you know, you live within those means and you're happy. And if I decide I want to buy, I want to spend $300 on a pair of shoes, my husband can't be mad at that because that's the money that I worked for. And if he wants to go spend $300 on something he yeah. likes, I can't be mad at that because that's not taken out of my bank account and he deserves that. It's his money. Exactly. I think we we always, you know, we used to think about this thing of coming into a relationship that two halves are making a whole. But as I've lived long enough at 50 years old, I'm realizing, and look, as judge of paternity court, I watch a lot of relationships go, go wrong mm-hmm. you know, for different reasons. And even though paternity ends up being the smoke that is coming from the house, we know that the fire raging in the house, it, it's, it's built around many different levels of dysfunction. And a lot of that revolves around money and how we take care of our children, what we spend it on. And I do think it's important for everyone. Both parties have to be two holes. When you come together in a relationship, two whole people have to come. And if you're feeling less than or marginalized, even if it's through finances, that begins to just weave a web of insecurity and resentment in your relationship. That is unnecessary. They always say money is not the entire relationship until you don't have any. It's like when you have money, it's about 3% of your relationship. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have money, it's the 97%. You know, yep. it's kind of like if your money's messed up, it just takes over your whole relationship because everything, unfortunately, so many things as it comes to when it comes to providing a home and living revolves around it. So get it straight, have your shared account and have a little something for yourself. I love that. Now, our last topic, and this is a big one for me because I was born in Cuba. So this custom did not exist when I was growing up. The whole last name issue. Do you when to change your last name? I know if you change it before or after, you know, if you're if you're going on your honeymoon right after your wedding and you've just changed your last name, your passport's not here on time. You're going to have a fun time traveling for your honeymoon because now all your documents are backwards. And for me, it almost feels like I'm renouncing my family, which I know was the original idea of changing last names. But I'm not that original. <laughs> I am. I am and, a new we, mind. <laughs> I am a new woman. So But you know what, Gigi, it goes back to your point, which you made such a great point. Now that women are in the workplace and that are often breadwinners and, you know, sometimes even heads of household, let's be honest. Yes. We're doing a lot out here these days. You know, it's not just as easy to say, you know what, I'm a 19, 21-year-old young woman. I haven't established my, you know, my life yet, my profession yet. And so, you know, I, I can just change my name. It gets different when you're 30 and you're 40 and your entire um, you know, professional equity is built in a certain name. Sometimes it's not smart to change it. Sometimes, like you said, you feel like you're denouncing or you're you're giving up that link to your family. That's why a lot of women will hyphenate. I've even heard situations where the man will take the woman's last name in certain situations. I think we're at a place now where we can be more honest and open about how that serves us as a family, knowing that if my last name is not the same as yours or our children, that is, that is absolutely no diss 
to you that maybe at this point in my life and in my career, it's important for me to maintain the name. There's also aliases, right? Where at some point you could always legally change your name to your husband's name, or you could hyphenate your name, but you could use that other name as a working alias. There's just too many options that you can do since so this doesn't have to be an issue. But I agree with you. The old school of thought that this is just, you know, a prerequisite to a good marriage, that's gone down the tubes. It just isn't that. Yes. Lauren, listen, thank you so much for being on the show with us today and for sharing these three must-have conversation topics before tying the knot. So go over how you guys want to manage your finances. Discuss whether or not a prenup is for you and decide on your last name what it means to the other person and what it means to you because there's a lot of legal documentation that goes down with all three of these conversations and they're worth having. Now, Lauren, I know that you've got something awesome going on too, launching your new show. Tell us about it. I can't wait. Please, please have your listeners look out for my new project, The Lauren Lake Show. I'm coming out of my robe, and I'm going to be talking about all issues on life, love, money, relationships, everything. And they can, if they want to be on, they can go to MGMcasting.com and just apply. We're looking forward to that, too, in addition to Paternity Court. I can't wait to watch you, girl. Do your thing. Thank you again for being on the show. Listen, we want to know your thoughts. What important conversations do you think need to be had before tying the knot? What important conversations did you have with your husband that have made your relationship better? Or that maybe made your divorce smoother? (laughs) That's a fair question to ask. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Chats with Gigi. You can always hit me up directly on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, the whole thing, at Gigi Diaz Live. And please, if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave us your rating. That way, we know what you love and what you don't love about the show so we can make it even better for you. And you'll be the first to find out when we dropped next week's episode of Chats with Gigi.